Well, it's great to be with you. Um, we came up on Friday just so that we could spend yesterday getting to know Lynn because it's not something that we uh, ever expected to do, to be visiting Lynn. But when I saw it online, I thought, that's a place we've got to go to. So yesterday we came up, we, we did the trail around the dam and we walked up and down the canal and uh, I just got to find out sort of where the Baptist church was and where the community centre where I'm speaking tonight is. And we also called in and tried to find the other churches. So I popped into St Mary's had a really good conversation with someone there who was working really hard getting ready for the civic service today. So I'm glad that we prayed for that because I think that's a, a real opportunity. And I do hope I'm going to see you all again tonight as well at the community centre when we're there with the other churches. It's such a, 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 a great sense, you know, to be able to, to see churches coming together across a community. It's something that really speaks to my heart. Now, I did see Jonathan last night, so um, I've got clearance from Jonathan. I promised him I wouldn't cause chaos. And he promised me in return that he would actually watch what I said. So there's a sort of checking system going on here. But I think it's a real privilege to be able to join you as you're looking at this whole question of recasting and rethinking about vision. Because that's something that we all need to do in our lives. You know, we can set a course for ourselves. And we don't do reality checks very often, do we? (laughs) How far have I got on that? Where am I at now? What is it that God wants me to do? So I hope that as we look at God's word this morning, we're going to get a little sense of what recasting is. I've I've read the church's vision statement. I've looked at all the verses around it and everything else. And as I looked at that, I thought, that's not my responsibility to touch that. I was really excited with that thought of, you know, that that river of life flowing through the church and out to the community. And I, I hope you don't lose that in the recasting. But I thought it would be just great to talk about what recasting means and look at it from a particular passage in Scripture. So I'm going to read from John 21. And this is what it says in the first seven verses, although I'm going to stop in the middle of verse 7. It says, Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? Nope, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. (laughs) I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to ask you to think this morning about three things. I'm going to give you three topics, but I'm also going to give you three words for those who can't cope with topics. So um, the topics I want to talk about are God meets us where we are. I think that's such an important principle God meets us exactly where we are. And being real about where we are is part of the way that God meets us. The second thing I'm going to talk about is God wants us to succeed. And I think that's something we can lose sight of. But having a vision is all about fulfilling, isn't it? It's not just waving it around in front of everybody so that we look great. And the third thing I want to talk about is that God's adjustments are often small, but they can be costly. But if you want three words... 
Basically, it's location, participation, and realization. See, I'm not a really good preacher. They'd all begin with the same letter if I was good, but they all end in Asian, so that's something, isn't it? <laughs> location, participation, and realization. So they might stick in your mind. But let's talk about location. Because it's a Bible passage that sometimes people talk about really reprimanding Peter. You know you were called to be a fisher of men. You left your nets. And now at the moment when you're discouraged and disappointed, you've gone back to your nets. And what's even worse, you've taken everyone else with you. Well, at least seven out of the 12 are now in the boat. And we can have that kind of negative attitude, and, but we have to be real about it. There are times when we go off track too. But the incredible thing is, Jesus turned up where they were. He didn't sort of have this kind of standoffish approach. You're not where you're meant to be, so I'm not going to meet you. He'd said to them, go ahead of me to Galilee. He'd actually given that command to them on Resurrection Day. They, they hung around in Jerusalem for a week, and I think part of the reason they did was that Thomas wasn't convinced and they needed to go as 12. But Jesus faithfully turns up, you know, the next opportunity and presents himself to Thomas. They then go to Galilee. And I guess when they get to Galilee, they're thinking, Jesus is going to meet us in Galilee, and yet somehow... Jesus just keeps them waiting in Galilee. They're back in their home area. So what do you do when you're in your home area? You do what you've always done. You just go fishing. (laughs) Well, that's what Peter did. And some of the ones who went with him were not really fishermen at all. And that's something that we have to bear in mind. And one of the things that happens when we're recasting vision is that sometimes God has got an agenda to increase the participation. Because sometimes when we're looking at vision, we're actually able to communicate it to people that missed it the first time round. (laughs) And it can be a kind of recruitment process. So just keep these things in mind and just be aware too that actually, as the church is looking at recasting vision, this could be a great moment for you to think about where your personal vision is at, where your own journey is at, what God's saying to you. So let's keep the two things in mind. But that thought of Jesus meeting people where they're at is something that really is just important. So it means to be real about where you're at, doesn't it? Jesus turned up there on the shore. He knew that's where they'd be. (laughs) And he's there for them. Now they're in a muddle. And they need to be honest about the fact they're in a muddle. And Jesus can ask some really direct questions, can't he? Have you caught any fish? And one of the things that we have to be prepared for when we're recasting vision is Jesus might say to us, how's it really gone? <laughs> not, not how do you would like to think it's gone or, or how are you trying to tell everyone it's gone and are you trying to tick all the boxes when in fact you can't tick all of them? Jesus wants us to be real. And in this moment he's there where they may have not really meant to be saying to them, have you got any fish? Challenge them. And of course they were honest. They said no. I love honest responses in the Bible. And I wonder sometimes if as Christians we've forgotten how to be honest. I know that sounds terrible, but do you know that story in Mark about the man who was taken by the people in the town to Jesus because he was blind and they wanted to see a miracle? This man didn't even know who Jesus was. He didn't know why they grabbed hold of him. He, they didn't, he didn't know that they were asking Jesus to perform just another miracle because they wanted to see a miracle. It wasn't compassion for the blind man. 
And so the first thing Jesus does with this man is he takes him away from the crowd because he wasn't interested in doing... I don't know if you've ever had this sort of impression that Jesus just does miracles to impress everybody. Jesus never did a single miracle to impress everybody. Every miracle he did was to meet a need. And he was interested in meeting this man's need. So he takes them away from the crowd that's looking for the miracle to give this man his own personal miracle. And Jesus touches this man's eyes and says to him, what do you see? And what did the man say? Oh, yes, Jesus, I see. Thank you. You are the mighty God. You've touched my eyes. He said, hmm. I see men, but they look like trees walking. I mean, this is Jesus. You don't, can you imagine saying that? I mean, good Christians would say, thank you, Lord. I'm very grateful. I know it's not quite as good as I hope, but hallelujah anyway. <laughs> and it's just a challenge, isn't it? Be honest. You know, where are you at with your vision? Where are you at in your own life? Are you where you think you should be? Or are you someone else? Are you just passing time because you've got discouraged and you've got a bit bored and you've gone off to do something else? There's a reality check from Jesus. And he wants us to be honest. And then he says something. He said, cast your nets on the other side. Now, have you ever noticed that Jesus didn't need the fish? He was already cooking breakfast. I have no idea where he got the fish from. But it's just a reminder, isn't it? Sometimes when we're all puffed up and thinking, Jesus can't do without my fish. Jesus can do things. You know, sometimes we pray as if we've got a a disabled God in heaven. He has no hands but our hands. He has no feet but our feet. And sometimes we think, you know, he has no brain but our brain. And, you know, we've got to think for him and do everything for him. But it's not like that, is it? We're contributing to the plans of Almighty God and the purposes of God and the work of God. We're workers together with him. We're not the only workers. He's working too. And he was cooking their breakfast. And he could easily have said, okay, guys, you're failures. <laughs> Call yourself fishermen. I called you to be fishers of men. Now come in off that lake. It's over. You haven't caught anything. Let's call it a day. I've got breakfast. But no, he wants them to succeed. He wants them to succeed. But they've got to participate in his plan. So we've talked about location. We've come to participation. If Jesus says, let the nets down on the other side, and you're a fisherman, and you have no clue as to how good he is as a fisherman, you, you've got to submit, haven't you? And so they, they let the nets down on the other side. And you know, I think that moment must have been extraordinary, because I, I've got this impression, actually, that to cast a net on another side means that you've got to haul in a wet net which would sort of then end up in the bottom of the boat and feel like weighing it down. And then you've got to cast a wet net, which is harder than casting a dry net, onto the other side. And although it sounds like a simple thing, actually, no problem about the fishing. We'll let you fish, but other side. Sometimes a small adjustment can be costly. But look at what it achieved. The moment that they were casting the net on the other side... That would have taken all seven of them in the boat. <laughs> it wasn't just the professional, professional fishermen. Simon, 
Andrew, James, John, although I'm not quite sure how much James and John did because their father owned a fishing business with, you know, they were just the sons of the boss. I know there were times they were doing things, but at other times you see that it was the hired servants that actually brought the catch in. But everyone else had to get involved. Thomas had to get involved. Nathaniel had to get involved. Because casting the net on the other side is a fresh challenge. And sometimes, although the adjustments might be small, and as you go through everything that you're going to go through, and I'm asking you to go through it personally as well as as a church, you need to keep in mind that sometimes when you make those adjustments, they can be costly. I love that expression that, that Chris used, you know, about in limb and online. See, clever some of these little slogans, aren't they? I can almost see it already, LBC, in limb and online. But hey, that may not be where we're going. But even if it's that, it looks like, well, it's just a small adjustment. But sometimes when you make small adjustments, they can be costly. And sometimes it involves more people in the team, like Sue sharing about Sanctuary Cafe. And sometimes it's when we're recasting the vision that people catch it for the first time and go, wow, I want to be part of that now. I can see what's going on. And I just get that impression that they're in the boat. The ones that weren't the fishermen were thinking, we can do this too. You see, God does want us to succeed. succeed. He wants the vision to be fulfilled. And somewhere as we're doing that and making sometimes what might be small adjustments, there's a need to keep listening to the Lord. And that's why I ended in verse 7 rather than the end of verse 6. Because the disciple that Jesus loves says to Peter, it is the Lord. And if there's one thing I want to pray for you, and I will be praying for you because I've got to know you a little bit now. And I think it's so important that the contribution, I mean, I might be here to speak to churches together, but churches together means nothing if the churches themselves haven't got vision and direction. And each of you are going to be contributing something different into the mix that God wants in this place. And you mustn't lose sight of that river that flows through the church and actually starts impacting the community. You've got fantastic facilities, I know that. All of these kind of things are important. But somewhere in the midst of it all, as you're fulfilling your distinct vision and you're involved in the recasting, it's a moment where you need to recognize Jesus afresh. You need to do that in your own life when you're thinking about your own vision. You need to say, Lord, this is where I'm at. You need to be honest about that. God might have called you to do something and you've come off the track somewhere along the line. You might have made great promises to God when you began your Christian life and said, God, I'm going to serve you somehow. And Yeah, then... The kids come and then everything else comes and problems come. And Just be honest with the Lord about where you're at. Because he's not going to rebuke you. He's going to meet you where you're at. Just as he met those disciples on the shore in Galilee. He'll meet you where you're at. Even if you're a bit off track, he'll meet you where you're at. If you're bored and discouraged and doing something, maybe you shouldn't be. He will meet you where you're at. But then he's going to ask you some direct questions. Have you any fish is the one he asked them. He's going to ask you a question. How far have you got? 
Is your life satisfying? Is it, is it going where it should? And, and don't just trot out a spiritual answer. Be honest. Be honest with him. Lord, we're not quite where we should be, but we know you could take us where we want to go. And then be prepared for what it takes. It might really be a tiny adjustment. But even sometimes those adjustments, as I said, can be a little bit challenging. And sometimes those adjustments, you're probably going to need some people alongside you to make it happen. And being honest about that too is really important. So that's my heart for you. I know I've come from outside to say this. I don't want to tread all over your vision or over the process. We need to pray for the leaders as they go away and then for the church meeting. And I'm sure even that will lead to a process rather than just being a one-off thing. But as this journey is going on as a church, let's see it as an opportunity for each one of us. God wants you to succeed. And even the small adjustments might be costly. But if we can recognize Jesus in it all, it's going to make a difference. And Jesus wants us to feast with him on that shore, doesn't he? That's what they're having. We're going to feast in a moment as we take communion. But before we move on to communion, just let me pray that this word will touch your heart. Lord, I thank you for the vision you've given this church. I thank you, Lord, for the contribution it makes to your life in this place. I thank you, Lord, that you've got greater plans and greater purposes for the years that lie ahead. I pray for this process of recasting vision. And I pray, Lord, that you're going to make this process a process of increased collaboration. And I pray for each one of us, Lord, whilst this process goes on, that, Lord, we will be honest with you about where we're at that we'll realize that it's in your heart to lead us to a place where we can succeed and that as we make the adjustments, we'll be recognizing you in the midst of it all. In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen.